Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa in tubdu ma fi anfusikum aw tuffuhu yuhasibkum billah. Fayaghfiru liman yasha'u wa yu'adhdhibu man yasha'u. Wallahu ala kulli shay'in qadir. On the occasion of the revelation of this verse, the Sahaba Ikram had been gripped into a state of panic. And it was their way, if there was any matter of concern, then they would discuss it with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa rather than trying to find out some solution of their own. The wahi and the revelation is come to him directly. He understands it first hand. And there can't be anybody that can understand it as good as Rasulullah will understand it. So let's refer this whole thing to Rasulullah. So the concern was this. If you express what's in your mind or you conceal it, Allah will call you to account. So they asked Rasulullah yes, we are in control of making expressions verbally, physically. We're in control of this. But what's within the mind we're not in control. Man is standing in front of the Kaaba Sharif, right in the Haram, and there can be all type of thoughts that can be ganging up in his mind. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, the most despicable of thoughts passing his mind. So if this, this is the status quo, then we'll be in serious trouble. In namaz, many a times, all the worst type of most dirty thoughts pass the mind. And if this is going to be the situation on the day of Qiyamah, that you'll be called to answer, and will be called to give an account, then how will it fare with us? How can we get through? Rasulullah taught them adab. The first line that he taught them, Say, Samirna wa ta'ana gufranak. Rabbana wa ilayka al That since the entire universe is Allah Ta'ala's. Everything that is in between is Allah Ta'ala's. He's made the heavens, He's made the earth. Everything that's between that belongs entirely to Allah Ta'ala. When it's entirely His, then He can do as He pleases. You don't have a choice in the matter. It's my property. I can do as I feel. Right? And when it is our property, we still are answerable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because in name it belongs to us. Really it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore we cannot say that I am in full control. Yes, I've got some level of control but I have to act within parameters to be safe. 
But when it is Allah Ta'ala's, then it belongs to Him entirely. يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاءُ وَيَخْتَارُ He creates as He pleases, and He chooses what He wants. مَا كَانَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةِ You don't have a choice in the matter. So it is His, his creation, it is His doing, it is His call, it is His decision. When it's His decision and it's His creation, then He is not answerable to anybody. La yus'alu amma yafal. He is not answerable to anybody. Yes, we are answerable. But He is not answerable. So hence, Rasul Adab. Since it's Allah Ta'ala's, the whole plan is Allah Ta'ala's, the design is Allah Ta'ala's, the creation is His, then what we need to learn is Adab. And Adab teaches us to say, Sami'na wa ata'ana wa That we hear and we obey and we ask your forgiveness. Since it's your plan, it is your creation, it is your authority, it is your kingdom, then you have the right to do and to command as you please. So when it is your command and your call, then the right thing for us to do is to say, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا We hear and we listen. And yes, we may have some shortcomings and some weaknesses. So for the weaknesses, غُفْرَانَكْ O Allah Ta'ala, do forgive us. We are admitting that we'll have some weaknesses. We'll try to execute. We'll try to do things. But within our obedience, there'll be some shortfall, there'll be some weakness, there'll be some limitation. For the limitation, for the weakness, Allah Ta'ala, do forgive us. Because وَإِلَيْهِ الْمَسِيرِ You start the journey of life from Allah Ta'ala and you're going back to Allah Ta'ala. So there is no, no third path. You're starting the whole journey from Allah Ta'ala and you're going entirely to Him. So when you're starting off from Him and you're ending up by Him, then all you need is that He must look at you favorably and forgive you. So the sahaba kiram were an example, exemplary people, and when rasul Paksim had to ask them, immediately they subjected themselves, and they said, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا وَفْرَانَكَ We hear and we obey, and we ask your forgiveness. Upon uh, the saying, وَفْرَانَكَ We ask for forgiveness, now the relaxation came. But first the procedure, that what are you supposed to be doing in the face of a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what is supposed to be your take? Should you be objecting? Should you be ruling it out? And should you be condemning it? What should your, what should your response, what should your take be? Do you accept it wholeheartedly? Do you reject it? And if you accept it wholeheartedly, then how do you correct your mind? So the whole verse is showing us. Now this verse is coming... <coughs> From Lillahi Mafi Samawati wa Mafi Ard, continuing from Amad al Rasulu Bima Unzila Ilehim Rabbi wal Mu'minu. This verse, Amad al Rasulu, the last three verses of Surah Baqarah, is highly recommended to recite before sleeping. Had Umar radiyallahu and Had Ali radiyallahu, when they saw the virtue of this verse, they said, I can't understand. We cannot understand that the person has got some brains will read, leave out 
the recitation of these verses before sleeping. It's so magnanimous, it's so great, such a big treasure, and you're leaving it out. The man that recites this verse and then he sleeps, what is he doing? One is that this recitation is sufficient for the entire night, number one. Number two is, it's a declaration of his faith. So all the articles of faith is, it is covered. Then after covering all the articles of faith, we know the faith will have a positive and a di- negative dimension. The negative dimension, we don't discriminate. That we accept something and we leave out something. We accept one Nabi and we leave out the next Nabi. That's not us. We'll accept every apostle of Allah Ta'ala. So every message that has come from Allah Ta'ala we accept. And every Rasul that has come from Allah Ta'ala we do accept. We don't discriminate. We'll say we believe in so and so Nabi and we leave out the other Nabis. We don't have any discriminations. We believe in all. So it's a declaration of our faith. A renewal of our faith. And then we're ending it up with a dua. رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِينَا وَاخْطَعْنَا Allah Ta'ala, we have erred. If we have erred, or we've forgotten, right? We are human. Sometimes we'll make errors. Sometimes we'll forget. So Allah Ta'ala, don't call us to account. Forgive us. Right? And then the last verse, وَعَفُوا عَنَّا Allah Ta'ala, forgive us. وَاخْفِرْ لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا And shower your mercy upon us. Now imagine a person recites this verse and he sleeps and he doesn't get up. So the last words that were on his lips, Allah look at us with your compassion and with mercy. Forgive us, do forgive us for our errors. So it's an admission of our mistakes and a confession of our faults. And from the side of Allah we have pleaded to him to, do, to forgive us and to look at us with, with compassion and with mercy. Then, then won't this person be blessed? If he sleeps forever, if he dies in his sleep, then definitely it's a good death to die. Because that was the last word that you spoke about. You asked and you begged the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. You asked his forgiveness. And the hadith says it so clearly that Kama tamutuna tuhsharuna As you die, will you be raised up? You asked and you begged Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. And you asked for his compassion, then he will, he will raise you up forgiven, he'll raise you up with a shower of his mercy. What else can you ask? Can you ask for something? Can you bargain for something greater than this? Now coming back to this point, <coughs> these are the notable things that are to be learned in this verse. وَإِن مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ You will understand that there are two types of commands. Two types of commands that are coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is that command that is within your volition and choice. You can't execute it. Perform your namaz, do the fajr namaz, do the wuzu. And do your istinja correctly. See that your taharat is done right. So these are all commands that are within your volition, within your choice. See that you are kind and compassionate. See that you discharge your zakat. See that you do your roza. So all this is within your choice. But there are some commands that are not within your volition and choice. Right? 
Now this is a divine intervention, divine decree. Yakhluku Maisha, he does and he plans as he wants. You don't have a question, you don't have the right to ask Allah Ta'ala, why did you do this? He's got no authority above him. So he's not answerable to anybody. But yes, what we need to do, what, what we need to do and understand is, what are we supposed to be doing? Not why Allah Ta'ala is doing this, but what are we supposed to be doing? So the plan of Allah Ta'ala is known to him entirely. He knows. When we're looking at a situation, we look at it from one dimension. And Allah Ta'ala looks at it holistically, entirely is looking at it. He's got the full picture. So we want to know, alright, why this happened? Now because of our limited understanding, we may ask this type of a question. And if we get the full picture, then we say, no, oh, this is the best thing, this is the perfect thing. Because we didn't have the full picture, therefore we put up this question. <clears throat> Someone had passed away, I was offering him some condolence. So, in my words of condolence to him, I explained to him that he lost his son and he lost his daughter. The only son and one daughter he had. He lost both of them in a motor accident, very wealthy, got everything, as though he had a succession plan for his child. And everything is lost, the dream is gone. So I told him, by make shukar to Allah Ta'ala. Now, a little bit of a haughty person said, Mula, is that an occasion to make shukar? I said, by relax, let me explain this to you. You're only seeing the picture from one dimension, you haven't seen it entirely. There are so many cases that come, right? Man is passing away, drugged up. He's taken some alcohol, in that state he's dying. Man is dying when he's eloped, ran off of his home, he has been disobedient to his parents, right? Or he's committed suicide. Now nobody knows, knows about it because he's hushed, right? But it's such an embarrassment, such a disgrace for the parents that my child has committed suicide. I can't hide it because the world is talking about it. But how do I face up to this reality? So rather the child goes from this world in a dignified, in a respectable, in an honorable manner, then going would disgrace and embarrassment for us. So because we see things and from one narrow perspective, therefore we have got these type of objections, okay, why this happened and why it didn't happen like this. So our duty is, understand what's our duty. Our duty is to accept. And not only accept, but we rather embrace with the chia and with happiness. It is the command of my Allah Ta'ala that he must die. It's the command of Allah Ta'ala that he must be prosperous. It must be, it's the command of Allah Ta'ala that he must be ill. The command of Allah Ta'ala that person must be in hospital. So we will ask for afiat and ease. We will try for good. But then we will also be pleased with the decision of Allah Ta'ala. We'll ask for good. We'll try for good. Not that we'll look for trouble, no. We'll try for good. We'll work towards good. But then we're also pleased with the decree of Allah Ta'ala. It's a decision of Allah Ta'ala. And this belief that it is a decision of Allah Ta'ala, it's such a relaxation. You know, belief is relief. And this belief is really grief. Belief that Allah planned it, it was His destiny, it was His decree, that this must happen, I am embracing and accepting the command of Allah Ta'ala entirely, I have no, no objection. Now you put a closure to this whole thing, Allah Ta'ala decreed it, it happened, you couldn't avoid it. But the person that doesn't believe in it entirely, then his mind is going in circles, because of this thing, that's why this happened, had it not been for this, this would have not happened. I ask you, can you put a closure to it? He'll be, his mind will be playing games with him and he can't close this. 
And when you've got that belief, as simple as you are, but you've got the belief right, that belief sets your mind right, it brings about a level of satisfaction, happiness, fulfillment, and you're at ease with it. You don't fall into a state of depression or in a state of despondency. Now we need to know that in this divine plan, <coughs> we'll come to the verse now, in the divine plan of Allah Ta'ala, there are some things that cannot be adjusted and changed. You can't change it. In the day and night, it's 24 hours, right? Can anybody change it? Any scientist change it? Nobody can change it. It's the command of Allah Ta'ala. It must be like this. It will happen for the thousands of years that were and for the thousands of years that will be. Nobody can change it. Sunrise will be at a certain time in Overport, at a certain time in Johannesburg, at a certain time in Makkah, Mukarramah, at a certain time in Madina, Munawara. For the thousands of years, precise, precision work. Now that's the work of Allah Ta'ala. Sunnallahi alladhi atqana kulla shay. That is the handiwork of Allah Ta'ala. Perfect. Absolute precision. Can anybody do this? For the thousands of years that the universe is in operation, do you find any flaw? Ma tarafil khalqi rahmani min tafawut. No inconsistency. Absolute perfect. Now that's the law of Allah Ta'ala, the designing of Allah Ta'ala, the planning of Allah Ta'ala, you can't find a flaw. <clears throat> so there are numerous things that's subject to the decision of Allah Ta'ala and nobody can make any type of alterations. He must be born at a certain time, at a certain place. And this will be his occupation and he will die in this state. Can anybody change that? Nobody can change it. You can't change, no matter what hospital, which doctor, and which specialist he's seeing. But he has to be born, he has to die at a certain time. It's a law of Allah Ta'ala, foregone conclusion, you cannot change it. Yes, learn how to live with the law of Allah Ta'ala. Not why Allah Ta'ala is doing this, no. That's not your business, not your forte. Not for you to ask. Yes, our business is, then how do we live and how do we manage this command of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So, there are departments, and there are areas which we will just embrace. Why do we perform five, five namazes a day and not two namazes a day? It's the command of Allah Ta'ala. But end of the story. I don't need to know anything further. I just need to confirm, is this the command of Allah Ta'ala or not? Is the command of Allah Ta'ala, I embrace it. That's all I need to know. Did he command this? That Ramadan will come around at a certain time of the year in, in South Africa, certain time of the year in Canada, right? That is his command. Nobody is going to change it. We cannot ask, that why is it coming around this time of the year? We're not going to ask. It's going to happen, it's going to happen exactly at that time. So that's the command of Allah Ta'ala. Yes, we, learn, we need to learn how to live with the command of Allah Ta'ala. It's the command of Allah Ta'ala that men should be going out and working, supplementing and generating. Women must be living in the homes. It's the command of Allah Ta'ala, learn to live. No, why is it the plan of Allah Ta'ala? Why can't they be identical? Why can't they be the same? It's illogical to ask this type of a question. Someone says this, that both are all equal. Then show me one football match where you're getting women playing as a center forward or as a goalkeeper. Do you see that? It's only men that's working. You can't. Show me one toilet in the world where it's both for men and for women. Woman is different. Separate and many separate. So it can't be the same. There must be some difference why they have made different provisions for this one and a different provision for that one. Hmm? 
So it's the command of Allah Ta'ala, let it be. Honor the command of Allah Ta'ala and you'll be happy. But if you want to challenge the command of Allah Ta'ala, you have taken it on yourself and you can't find solutions for yourself. Last week, one friend of mine is explaining to me that an article of some scientist has just come out now. The last month or so it came out. <clears throat> After they went through all the atoms and neutrons and all these things here, and the funny type of investigations and experiments they made, now they come to this conclusion that <clears throat> if there's a stick, there must be someone to strike the stick. The stick can't move on its own. If there is neutrons and protons, etc., then there is someone, there must be someone to create it. It can't come of its own. Now it took them 200 years, but for that 200 years, they kept the people in the dark. So now everything happened on its own. People went to atheism. After 200 years now, they're discovering, hey, what a mistake we made. Or it's good for them that they acknowledge their mistake, that there must be someone to make this happen, to make that neutrons or protons, whatever it was, there must be someone to do it. But it took them 200 years. Whereas for 200 years, they let people astray. Now they're coming to the senses. So, <clears throat> there are certain areas which Allah Ta'ala wants us just to accept. In time you'll get to know. Alright, person was wanting to marry this girl and he couldn't marry her. What he tried, what tawis he wore and what du'as and wazifas he made and what influences he used. But it didn't work, it didn't work. It never worked. Right? And after 25-30 years he understands, alright, now I understand why Allah Ta'ala didn't decree this for me. But it took him 25 years, 30 years for it. Now he's accepting the command of Allah Ta'ala. When I see the future of these people, I see their lives, now I understand I'm in a far better place. I'm far better off. But at that time I couldn't understand it. So, in The real virtue is to accept the decision of Allah Ta'ala right from the beginning. Not after you saw the consequence in the end. No, not at then. It's the command of Allah Ta'ala, just accept it. Go with it. Go with the flow. And you'll see that you'll always be happy. So, one is the command of Allah Ta'ala that is not within our choice, not within our control. We accept it wholeheartedly. Accept it and accept it with a cheer. <clears throat> not very long ago, two friends got married to two sisters. Right? Not being parda conscious. So there was free intermingling, carrying on. Right? Now, the one friend says to the other, he says to his wife, you know, I made a mistake. I was supposed to marry that girl. I made a mistake. Now, she is so pretty. Look at the figure. Look at the complexion. Look at the hair. And look at my wife. Fat lump of misery she is. Look at this one. Yes, she's so pretty. And you what you are like. You know, I made a mistake of my life. And whole life is gone. Right? As a result, he kept on taunting the girl. Taunting, taunting, taunting. Until he brought her to a point where she committed suicide. But not understanding the command of Allah Ta'ala, it was takdeer for you, kept on taunting, taunting, taunting this person here, until she destroyed herself, terminated her life. See? Two problems, one is, we are not parda conscious. We don't understand the beauty of it. Now, when we come to such an accident, head on, there is, oh, that is why the Sharia has said this. Why? The beauty was accepted before you see this thing here. Not now you saw the consequence, and then you're accepting. There's no kamal in that. It's not an achievement. Before you, before, you had to be conscious, parda conscious, living properly, not looking and eyeing the other one. They won't have been this problem here. 
But now you want to see the accident and then believe. That belief is really not very like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you saw the thing and then you ask. Then you say. And the second is this, the not being pleased with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and see the damage that it's caused. So nonetheless, <clears throat> the Sahaba kiram, when they accepted this, they responded to Rasulullah Qasim, Sami'na wa ata'na, we hear and we obey. And we, we beg your forgiveness. Now the relaxation came. See, Allah Baks, sometimes the trial is physical. Sometimes the trial is material. Sometimes the trial is uh, material and financial, right? And sometimes the trial is mental as well. We think many a times that the trials are only physical or material. It can be material, it can be physical, uh, it can be emotional. All these are different trials. And sometimes the trials are mental. That how are you going to respond to this type of a situation? Are you going to be pleased with my decree? Or are you going to be objecting to this? So the Sahabi Krams, they were an exemplary class of people. We follow them, you can't, you can't get lost. The lowest of the Sahaba is a star, is a guide. All of them are high. But obviously there is some rating and there is some ranking. Right? But you follow any one of them and you're going, and you're flying. But now you, we want to employ our reasoning against their reasoning, definitely you'll go off. You can't come right. Some years ago, <clears throat> around the 70s, the first South African Jamaat had gone to Canada. Right? Aji Bhai was in the Jamaat. And they discovered that they were performing the Juma Namaz on a Sunday. Now, the Jamaat realized that they were on, or they were off now. Juma Namaz on a Sunday they were performing. Whereas they were all educated class, professional people around that time. But they were completely off. They went and performed the Juma Namaz on a Sunday. Until this Jamaat corrected them by, that Namaz is not valid. For all the years that you've been performing the Namaz like this, you have to repeat it. So now, it's a command of Allah Ta'ala, we don't challenge the command of Allah Ta'ala with our intelligence. They want to challenge the command of Allah Ta'ala with the intelligence, all that five or ten years of the Jum'ah Namaz always did down. So it was the simplest thing was, what is the command of Allah Ta'ala? Has, has he got a time limit that we should perform it within that frame of time? Or can we do our own thing? But failing that failure... That they wanted to challenge the command of Allah Ta'ala with their own intelligence, all the namaz went away. So now, when the sahaba kiram accepted immediately, so Allah Ta'ala sent the relaxation. And He said, La nafsan illa us'aha. Allah Ta'ala doesn't burden a soul, but according to its capacity. What you can manage, Allah Ta'ala burdens you accordingly. Alhamdulillah, we can manage performing a namaz sitting, standing up, doing all the postures. Do the namaz accordingly. And there is someone that cannot perform the namaz with all the postures. Then Allah Pak has given a relaxation. Then in the posture that you can do it, on the chair, or whichever other posture you can do it, do it. Don't leave it out. But do the namaz in the posture that you can manage. Now see that, لا يكلف الله نفسن إلا وسعها Allah Ta'ala only burdens you according to your capacity. How much you can manage? You can perform... You can manage performing the Hajj. You've got the wealth. Right, it's compulsory. But you don't have the wealth. When you don't have the wealth, the namaz is maaf for you. 
you in hospital now and you can't you can't use the water for some reason so sick so ill that you cannot help yourself using the water do the namaz but now do it with tayammum see la yukallifullahu nafsan illa usaha allah ta'ala only burdens you according to your capacity how much you can manage now that is our rahim and kareem allah ta'ala he is most compassionate he is most loving he understands us he made us he understands so he sends the relaxation la yukallifullahu nafsan illa usaha allah ta'ala grant us all to feel